Well, some rules are made to be bent. Not necessarily broken, but certainly bent. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. The 27th episode, actually. Sad, sad as it is, we don't really have another guest lined up this time, but, but rest assured, this is not a permanent change. This is another episode with my producer, Mandy. Hello, Mandy. Hello. I hope it's not too sad that everyone's stuck with me again, Michael. <laughs> I don't think it's sad. It's just um, my podcast doesn't have to be about just entertainment. It can also educate people to a degree as well. It's something I'm passionate about. Has anything exciting happened for you this week? As you know, last week I had did that little gig in Sydney. Yes. So let's talk about this. It's been a while since we've chatted. And the last time we chatted, you were going to be on TV. You were going to record a segment for Play School, which yeah. is a, a really popular kids program here in Australia. It is, yes. And I need to know how you went. It actually went very well. I enjoyed every moment of it. What did you have to do? Reading a book to the camera. It was. It's called Big Love. It's a children's book. It's about um, things that are quite big. I know you put a photo of the set and you sitting in a, a chair on the set of Play School on your Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, it looked so good. Did you have to go to makeup first and get your makeup done? Yep. Oh, wow. How long did that take? Not very long, about five minutes. And what did you wear, Michael? What did you wear? Just one of my Hawaiian shirts. Nice. Also, on, on the weekend, I also went and saw that sequel to Doctor Strange for the first time. It's quite an impressive film, but I'm not really a fan of Marvel. Is it Jim Carrey in this one? Nope. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yes. How was he? Impressive as always. In fact, I have a lot of respect for that man. I'd love to have him on this podcast. Well, we should ask him. Also, um, I also want to say this. Um, sorry to get off topic, but I should probably should mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, my mother bumped into a lovely woman, a really beautiful, lovely woman named Claire, last week on Friday, actually. She told my mother, tell me that this woman, Claire, says hello. She's from, she's from Wollongong. She doesn't, doesn't feel very well at the moment. And she also wanted her to let me know that my podcast kind of a form of therapy for her because she loves listening to it and it takes her mind off her sickness. Oh, wow, Michael, that's so good. I am surprised and I had no idea that my that my podcasts were that important to others. So I'd like to say a big hello to Claire from Wollongong, who my mother bumped into recently. I wish you the best of luck. I also wish you a speedy and safe recovery from your illness. I'd like to offer you my sympathies as well. And if you're listening to this, my heart's with you. I'm really quite pleased and touched that you you hold my podcast in the highest regard. So thank you for that. That means a lot from you. You just never know, hey? You just never know mm. how you touch people in life. Yeah, that's right. Whenever I encounter any fans in public and they, and they ask me for a selfie, I always agree to it because... Mm. It makes the day, puts a smile on their face. The world needs more of that. I agree with you, Michael. I think that's very generous of you. Not everyone does that. It's it's nice to, to you know, have people take notice of me instead of ignoring me. Yeah. I mean, when you think about your childhood, you've said many times on this podcast that when you're in high school and primary school, you felt quite ignored on occasion. I did. I did, yes. And now look at the 
the tables turned. People stop you mm-hmm. in the street and tell you that they think you're fabulous. They can't get enough of it. Yeah, that's the spirit. All right, do you want to kick off this podcast? Sure thing. I reckon we start with Michael's moral dilemma. Emma, 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 Emma. Okay. I was just trying to be dramatic. That's a nice, that's a pretty good attempt. (laughs) Thank you. A moral dilemma is a conflict where we must choose between a couple of different actions, all with pros and cons. No matter which choice you make, someone will suffer or something bad will happen, making it a very tricky decision. All right, I've got a moral dilemma for you right now. You ready? Yep, definitely. Your family has a farm in Wollongong. Let's pretend. Yeah. What do you want to farm on your farm? Fruit, vegetables, and livestock. Okay, wow, you've got a big farm. All right, so you've got this big working farm. And because it's a big working farm, you've had to hire people to help work on the farm. And you've hired a bunch of people. They're actually illegal immigrant workers. Now, you didn't know they were illegal when you hired them but you've now found out that they are illegal immigrants. Now, they're very kind, very hardworking, very well-behaved people. Do you tell the authorities, knowing that if you do, they're likely to get sent back to wherever they came from, which could be quite dangerous, and that they might be living in poverty? Well, I would only be be legally required to, to report them to the authorities, but I would also find it very disheartening to to have to let them go and to see them leave. It's a hard one, this one, isn't it? Yeah. So there's no answer no answer that I could possibly give. Well, I guess it comes down to do you break the law? Okay, let, let me put it this way. Rules are made to be bent. Oh. Some, some of them. Wow, Mr. A+, plus, I never thought I'd hear you say that. Well, some rules are ma- made to be bent. Not necessarily broken, Certainly bent. Okay, so you're willing to bend this rule because you've got these beautiful, hardworking, kind, illegal immigrants on your farm. Yeah. that's. Yes. I can see that troubles you, that one, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Because there's no no easy way out of this. All right, so what? where do we land? You're not going to dob? You're not going to dob on them? For their sake, I wouldn't. Mm. Wow, Michael. That's really interesting. I find that really interesting because you are normally somebody who upholds every letter of the law. I'm only compliant with the law just to keep the authorities on my back because I'm protective <laughs> of my savings. <laughs> okay. We don't want anyone running. We don't want you to be a fugitive, right? We don't want you on the run. No. Mr. A-plus on the run. That could actually be the title for a movie. Now that I think about it, it kind of does sound like a film title. If someone wants to write the script to that, we'd be, we'd be happy to make that happen. <laughs> Yep, but it has to be fictional, though. Yes! Can't have you going in robbing a bank. That's the oldest crime in the book. I know, but it's the funnest one. There's too much security in banks these days. That's too... 1880s. I know. Maybe we could put you in a cowboy hat and some chaps and you could do it in the 1880s. Maybe. All right, let's move on to our second moral dilemma. Emma, Emma, Emma. So you've been unemployed during the pandemic. Um, my podcast has a strict no-COVID talk policy. Are you stopping me? Is that it? Are we done? Not quite. Just don't use the word pandemic. Sorry, I apologise. I do know the rules. I'm sorry about that. I mean, I could bend the rules. You could bend the rules for this. No, not not for my audience. Not not for them. All right. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm taking the mickey. Here we go. You've been unpl- unemployed for a long time and you're having difficulty providing for your family and you're the only breadwinner. Now, the whole situation is creating a lot of strain on your family and on your family dynamic. You decide to apply for a few jobs, 
And when you show your resume to your lovely wife, you've got an imaginary wife in this. What would you like your imaginary wife's name to be? Probably uh, Elizabeth. So you decide to show Elizabeth your resume. You've just done it up so it's ready to go. And you show it to Elizabeth and she suggests stretching the dates and changing a few things to kind of embellish it a bit. She wants you to put dates on there that show that you've been working, even though you haven't been working, to cover up your unemployment gap. She doesn't think that any prospective employer will realise that it's a deception. Will you stretch the truth on your resume to give yourself a better chance at getting the job? I don't think I could do that because if you lie to a potential employer and then they do start doing a little digging and find out that you didn't work for as long as you claimed to have. Mm. If employers find out that you lie, they doubt that you they will doubt that you can be trusted. If one person knocks you back, that means that means that person that job is not right for you. It just you just keep trying and trying. What if it was an acting job though? I don't think they would need a resume for that. People need to keep the entertainment industry separate from reality. But you don't need to bring a resume if you're auditioning. Everybody keeps confusing it, which annoys me a lot. Okay, sorry for annoying you a lot. <sighs> it's all good. You didn't. <laughs> well, that was Moral Dilemma. That it was. Which means it's time for our next segment. It's my favourite segment. It's caused some controversy in previous episodes. It's called... Disney Quiz Me! Yeah, that's definitely a lot of fun. But how has that caused controversy? Well, the first time we did Disney Quiz Me, well, you got one right and then you came back and said you'd actually got two right and that I was wrong. And then the second time we did it, you cheated on the answers. So, you know, let's see what happens today. Yep. All right. Today's movie in Disney Quiz Me is one of your favourites. It's Aladdin. Yay. Question number one. Where does Aladdin live? Agrabah. <gasps> I tried to trick you. I know. On the document you wrote Baghdad, but you were supposed to write Agrabah. <laughs> because I thought if you were cheating, you would cheat with the wrong answer. Nice try. <laughs> All right, question number two. Well done. Who are the only people allowed to enter the Cave of Wonders to retrieve the magic lamp? A diamond in the rough. And the only diamond in the rough is Aladdin himself. So again, I did put the wrong answer on the document and you didn't fall for it. No. I've watched that that film many times in my life. How many? I've never counted. 20 at least? Well, let's see how you go with question number three, which is not on the document. I'm sure I'm going to ace it. What three rules does the genie have? What can't he do? Okay, I'm going to impersonate the genie a bit. Okay. He says, rule number one, I can't kill anybody. (laughs) So don't ask. Rule number two, I can't make anybody anybody fall in love with anybody else. You little put in there. And rule number three. I can't bring people back from the dead. It's not a pretty picture. I don't like doing it. Other than that, you got it. Fabulous. Well done. Love the improvisation as well. You're correct. Thank you. You're correct. All right. Last bonus question here for you. You've aced this one, by the way. What does Aladdin give Jasmine during the song Whole New World? He actually gives her two things, a flower and also an apple. Apparently, in 
in Greek mythology, that's basically a way of proposing. Which one, the apple or the flower? The apple. That's kind of cool. It kind of is, yeah. All right, I want to know how you would propose, Michael. Okay, I would wait till our anniversary, maybe the third, at least, the third anniversary, take her somewhere romantic, most likely um, a, a gazebo in a botanical garden, or maybe a sunset beach, mm. or maybe um, a rowboat in a body of water somewhere, but perhaps in a, in a lagoon. One of those places. Yeah, right. And and so if you're in a boat, do you still get on your knee? Yeah, I would get on, on my knee and then um, take out the ring and then say her full name and then say, will you marry me? Whichever lucky woman you get to do that with is going to be impressed, very impressed. As long as you don't fall out of the boat while you're kneeling. I w- most likely wouldn't go for that option because <laughs> I don't know where to hire a, a rowboat. And secondly... I don't have a trailer. And thirdly, I'm not even strong enough to row a boat. <laughs> so I take her most likely at a, to a gazebo in a, in a beautiful yeah. botanical garden somewhere or perhaps the the beach at either sunrise or sunset. Very romantic. And you would drop to your knee, obviously? Yes, but I would never do it in public because I don't want it to be made in a into a public spectacle. There's a lot of people that do those huge public proposals. Have you seen those? Yes, I have. The, the applause from everybody else is not necessary. Yeah, you're a private person, traditional. And plus, it's it's better when it's when it's private. Well, whichever woman gets that proposal is a lucky woman, Michael. That she will, now, whoever she is. Let's go back to Aladdin for a second. Do you have a favourite yep. character in the movie? Yep, and that's Iago. He's a parrot, Jafar's parrot. Can you do an impersonation? Uh, not, not really, but the genie can definitely impersonate very well. Do you know any more lines from the genie? All right, Sparky, here's the deal. If you want to court the little lady, you've got to be a straight shooter, do you got it? That's great. I love the tone in oh. your voice. Oh, and there's another one. When Aladdin tricked the genie into wishing him, into getting him out of the cave without making a wish, he was like, excuse me, are you looking at me? Did you wake me up? Did you rub my lamp? Did you bring me here? And all of a sudden you're walking out on me? I don't think so. Not right now. You're getting your wishes, so sit down! In case of emergency, the, the exes are here, 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 anywhere. Wow. Tell me, who's the voice for the genie? Robin Williams. It is. R.I.P. It is, isn't it? Because that was an yep. incredible performance by Robin Williams. That it was. And Iago was voiced by Gilbert Goffrey, R.I.P. Yeah, it was both. sad when um, Robin Williams passed, wasn't it? Yeah, I was actually quite shocked myself. The whole world was. Yeah. All right, well, that's a sad note to end on, but that's the end of yeah. Disney Quiz Me. Yeah. So, Michael, I know that you enjoy telling us about animals. Which animals are you going to tell us about today? Two Endangered animals from the island of Tasmania, which is a part of Australia, for those who don't know. The two species I'll be discussing will be the spotted handfish and the Tasmanian devil. Well, I can't wait to hear about it, and we will do that very, very soon. But first... Oh, yes. Michael the Madman. <laughs> it's, that's basically a challenge. The challenge is that I um, act out a villainous character while reciting some kind of love poem or something. <laughs> yes. 
I give Michael a really nice piece of writing, whether it's a poem or lyrics or something beautiful, and he has to do it in a villainous voice. Now, if you would like to write somebody a love letter and send it to us and get Michael to do it in a villainous voice, send your love yeah. letters to us at Mr. A Plus Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send it to Mr. Underscore A underscore plus underscore Michael on Instagram. Now, today I've got a poem for you. It's called Rondell of Merciless Beauty, and it's by Geoffrey Chaucer. And I want you to take it away in your best villainous voice. <coughs> Upon my word, I tell you faithfully, through life and after death, you are my queen. For with my death, the whole truth shall be seen. Your two great eyes will slay me suddenly. Their beauty shakes me who was once serene. Straight through my heart, the wound is quick and keen. Well done. Well done. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> now I believe we're moving on to our animals of the best segment. Today our animals are from... Tasmania, which is a part of Australia, for those who don't know. Two species that I'll be talking about today are the spotted handfish and the Tasmanian devil. Firstly, the spotted handfish is actually a rare and critically endangered species found in the um the Derwent River of Tasmania. Oh, so is it a freshwater fish, is it? Yes, I believe it is. Because it's only found in the Derwent River of Tasmania, it has a highly restricted range. In fact, its main threat to to the spotted handfish is an invasive species called the Northern Pacific st Sea Star, a type of starfish. Their, their fins are like hands, hence why they're known as the spotted handfish. Wow. The females lay from 80 to 250 eggs, vertical objects like seagrass and sponges. Not only is it, un is it un an unusual fish, but... It has highly adapted fins. They're, those fins allow them to walk on the seafloor. This um, Northern Pacific sea star is actually native to Japanese waters. And it was introduced to the Derwent River in the, in the 1980s. Why? I honestly have no idea. God. And ever since then, efforts have been have been made to control control the spread of this sea star species in Australia. And now, moving on to the other species, the Tasmanian Devil. One of my favourite species, actually. The Tasmanian Devil is a marsupial. And marsupials are actually able to carry their young in their pouches. You know, like, um, like kangaroos and koalas, wombats, bandicoots, wallabies. Yeah. And it's also the size of a small dog. The Tasmanian Devil is located only in Tasmania itself, but, however, recently, the Tasmanian Devil has been reintroduced to, a, to mainland Australia, but only New South Wales. They're a keystone species in the ecosystem of Tasmania. They're nocturnal as well. They spend most of the days in dense bush or in a hole. Young Tasmanian Devils are able to climb trees. But when they grow larger, it becomes more difficult to do so. Wow, I didn't know that. They're able to take up prey up to the size of a small kangaroo, and they can eat carrion more often when they hunt live prey. Why are they called devils? Do you know? 
The Tasmanian Devil got its name from early European settlers who, upon hearing mysterious unearthly screams and coughs and growls from the bush, decided to investigate further. Finding the Tasmanian Devil, which resembled a dog with red ears, wide jaws and big sharp teeth, they called it the Devil. Okay, that makes sense. They have got really sharp teeth. That they do. And their bites can be quite powerful. Let's go back to their feeding habits. They favour wombats because of the ease of predation and the high fat content, but they will also eat small native animals, you know, like wallabies, betong, potaroos, and domestic animals like sheep and rabbits. Wow. Birds, including penguins. Um, fruit, vegetable matter, insects, fish, tadpoles, frogs, and reptiles. So basically their diet is as a wide variety and it de- depends on the availability of the food sources. But a lot of meat in there, right? So they are carnivores. Yep, definitely. Tasmanian devils don't really have high speed, but they can run at to like 25 kilometers per hour. On average, they eat about 15% of their body weight each day, although they can eat up to 40% of their body weight in 30 minutes. They're kind of like a little piranha, like a little furry piranha. (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) There's something causing an impact on the Tasmanian devil population in Tasmania, and that's the devil facial tumor disease. Oh, I have heard of this. This is a special disease that only Tassie devils get. Yes. It causes tumors to form in and around the mouth and interferes with feeding habits and eventually leading to death by starvation. And so do they have a cure for the facial disease yet? In March 2017, scientists at the University of Tasmania presented an apparent first report of having successfully treated Tasmanian devils with the disease by injecting live cancer cells into the infected devils to stimulate their immune system to recognize and fight the disease. They're astonishing animals, aren't they? They are. Isn't there a cartoon about the the Tasmanian devil? One of the characters from Looney Tunes is called the Tasmanian devil, or Taz for short. Yes, and he makes the most amazing noise. Yes, that it does. (laughs) Because Taz from from Looney Tunes um, was based on the Tasmanian devil itself. You know, specifically for its carnivorous nature, ferocious appetite, and silly demeanor. He's the one that spins around like a vortex. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen a Looney Tunes cartoon in such a long time. My dad absolutely loves them. Yes. I do, too. I grew up on them. I bet your dad did, too. He did, yes. Hence why he loves Mel Blanc. R.I.P. R.I.P. I think that's all I have for the Animals Are Best segment. I really love t- telling, teaching people about animals because it's something I'm, that I'm very passionate about. I know. I've always loved animals. Well, that's why I love this segment because I always learn something about animals that I didn't know. I'm glad you do. All right. Are you ready for our next segment? Yes, I am. It's called Would You Rather? And it's basically like the moral dilemma type questions where you've got a choice, only it's sillier. And I've got some good ones for you. Have you cheated and looked at the document? No. There's going to be some fun ones here. Would you rather have a flying carpet or a car that can drive underwater? Probably a flying carpet. Is that just because we've been talking about Aladdin? 
No, not for that reason. But because um, I'd be it'd be able to take me anywhere in the world. I mean, driving underwater would be fun, but I think flying on a carpet would be funner. And less scary, too. Would you rather be compelled to high-five everyone you meet in life ever or be compelled to give wedgies to anyone that you meet wearing a green shirt? I'd be more compelled to give high-fives. To everyone you meet? Yeah. That's a lot of high-fives, you realise. And personally, I'm not really the biggest fan of (laughs) high-fives. Well, why don't you just give a wedgie to every person that you meet who's wearing a green shirt? Because that's something a high school student would do. You'd probably have to avoid St. Patrick's Day, wouldn't you? Speak for yourself. I actually like the colour green. Okay, but would you go out on St. Patrick's Day and give everyone wedgies when you saw them? No. (laughs) All right, that's a definite one. All right, here's an interesting one. Would you rather have 30 butterflies instantly appear from nowhere every time you sneeze or one very angry squirrel appear from nowhere every time you cough? Probably the first option, butterflies every time you sneeze. Yeah. What if you did six sneezes in a row? You got like 240 butterflies. I Open open one of the doors to let them out. They're, butterflies are, are pretty. I'm with you. I'd go the butterflies. Yeah. Would you rather only wear one colour each day? And I know you love wearing colourful shirts, so this is going to be interesting. Would you rather only wear one colour each day or have to wear seven colours each each day? That's a bit of a tough one. It is, because you're a fashionista. I knew you'd find this one tough. Maybe seven colours every day. Good. I'm glad you didn't go for the one colour. That would be boring. Of course it would. This one's going to be a funny one. I like this one. Would you rather that your only mode of transport be riding a donkey or a giraffe? (laughs) Um, Personally, I I would go for the donkey. Why? They're very slow sometimes. Yes, I know, but... Giraffes are giraffes are too tall, and they're wild animals. They belong in in Africa, and donkeys they could be anywhere in the world. And I would get to call it either Morris or Maurice. Right. Probably that one. Okay, Maurice the donkey. But don't you think it'd be fun because giraffes are really tall? You'd be at quite high. You'd get places quite quickly. Yes, but I'm I'm too heavy f- for for a giraffe to lift me on its head. I wouldn't. You wouldn't be riding its head. You'd be riding on its back and just holding onto its neck. <laughs> yes, but. What's the difference? Giraffes are massive. They would be able to hold your weight, no problem. I see. Imagine trying to get from Wollongong, where you live, to Sydney, which is like an hour and a half's drive, on a giraffe. Oh, yeah, that actually um, makes sense. That would be more efficient than a donkey. So you're changing your mind to the giraffe? By the sounds of it. I need to make a meme of Michael, you sitting on a giraffe. Okay. I'd like to see you do that. (laughs) All right, last one. You ready? Yep, ready. Would you rather trees that scream occasionally for no reason or spiders be big enough and smart enough to open doors? Um, the trees option. <laughs> the trees that scream? Yeah. Why? Because I'm, I'm terrified of spiders. I can't stand them. Too many eyes and legs. All right, but I want to imagine that you're going on a bushwalk and you're just walking past and then a tree just goes, ah! I'd be startled. Very startled. <laughs> oh, that would be quite amusing, really, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. But unfortunately for next time, I would know better than to go without earplugs. <laughs> yeah. I can just carry on with the bushwalk and when I just scream, I can just brush it off. Nice one. Good solution. Now, I believe that we're on to our, our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. We are indeed. Very well. So on Instagram, 
you have a message from purelightness underscore au and she asks, was Albert Einstein on the spectrum? Let me put it this way. As a child, he experienced severe speech delays and later the habit of repeating sentences to himself. And of course, there is the fact that Einstein was incredibly technical. Yeah. Such characteristics like these have led many experts to come to the conclusion that he appeared to be somewhere on the autism spectrum. There's a lot of famous people on the spectrum. Other famous people on the spectrum would be Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Greta Thunberg, Michelangelo, and Mozart. Oh, Mozart! He was apparently extremely sensitive to loud noises, had a very short attention span. He was notorious for that. In fact, in one well-documented incident, a bored Mozart began doing cartwheels and vaults over tables while meowing loudly like a cat. (laughs) Fantastic. Wow. Did not know that. No one did. Look, I do encourage you to go back and listen to last week's podcast if you haven't heard it about why the world needs neurodivergent people and I think that's just an indication of why we do. We wouldn't have these incredible, talented, creative people in our world. Yep, the world would be boring. It would be boring. Fantastic. I've got another one here from Samantha14444. She says, firstly, you look amazing in a suit and then asks, do you remember getting your first suit? Yes, I remember it. It was October 2010. My family and I went up to Newcastle once. It was for some some wedding that we were going to attend. I don't quite remember whose it was. Um, I was 16 at the time, and that's when I got my first suit. And what color was it? It was black. I got rid of that ages ago because it no longer fitted me. So now I, I have three different suits. One of them is a sports jacket. It's a casual type of suit. Mm-hmm. It's black. Um, then I have a smart dark blue suit, which has a pocket square. And then I have my Paul Smith suit, which I got from Ellen last year. That is a um, beautiful suit, that suit. It is, yes. What's your favourite kind of soup from One Big Knocky? My favourite kind of soup is chicken soup. Noodles, bits of chicken, and also celery and carrot as well. Yum. And also add some lemon juice to it and pepper and maybe a bit of Vegemite as well. Oh, bit of Vegemite in your chicken soup. <clears throat> There's a hot tip from Mr. A+. Plus. Yeah. All right, this one's from S underscore Haley Brown. If you had to choose between a cat and a dog, what pet would you choose? I would choose a cat. I've always loved cats. I've never really been much of a dog person. All right, here's one from Pat 70 Show. Penne or spaghetti? You're, you love your Italian food. This is going to be tough for you. It is tough, yes. I'd rather choose both. No, you can't. You have to choose one. Fine spaghetti, then. Oi, what about pizza or tacos from Chef Rob Maui? Uh, pizza, obviously. Obviously. Dana underscore Campbell underscore 21 says, what have you loved most so far about having your own podcast? I love the experience more than listening to it, actually, because it's a way for me to connect with the audience. Mm. And with my fans around the world. And because I love performing, I, I just live for it. It's one of my top three passions. And we love it too. We love seeing you you perform. All right, one last one last question from Instagram. Benjamin.thomas.23. Okay, you can win a full all-expenses-paid trip to Germany or wake up tomorrow fluent in German. Which one do you choose? That's tough too, right? Yes, it is. Personally, I'd rather take the flight. You take the flight! Kransky's sauerkraut, 
Weisswurst, Bratwurst, oh, pretzels. Let's go to Germany. I would love that. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Auf Wiedersehen.